0: We take a few broad strokes with our paintbrush discussing the most infamous face-painted wrestlers in professional wrestling history this week. I'm Dave Rosenmuth and you've tuned into another edition of Kicking Out It 2 as we discuss, like I said, some of the best and some of the worst face-painted wrestlers in history and their impact as we continue um, the, the, the Halloween theme, if you will. We talked about mass wrestlers a couple weeks ago. We watched Halloween Havoc, uh, 1989 last week, and, uh, This week we're going to talk about face-painted wrestlers, and then next week we're going to talk about and watch WCW Halloween Havoc 1991, and joining me to talk about all the face-painted wrestlers in history, his memories, the good, the bad, the ugly, my man, Dennis J. Levy. What's up, buddy? Living the dream, Like,
1: like always, Dave, an absolute pleasure to be on the show. This is right up my alley. You know, like gimmick wrestling. I so love gimmick wrestling. Yeah, it it's is, right up my yeah, alley. this is right up
0: your alley. So I, I'm glad that you're a part of this because I'm, I'm sure that you can bring a lot of insight with your memories. Um, before we get into it, on social media, if you guys have any favorites or not-so-favorite face-painted wrestlers, guys who you felt maybe should have worn some paint on their face to help enhance their look and their presentation. And it is up both on Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash kickingout2, as well as our Twitter handle, at kickingout2, K-I-C-K-N-O-U-T, and the number two. Give us a shout. Let's start the discussion. Let's make it happen over there on both Facebook and Twitter with our face-painted wrestlers discussion. Um, let's get into it, you and I, right now. Um, the first memory you had of a face painted wrestler what were your reactions what were your thoughts what did you like what did you dislike
1: so my first my first uh memories of face paint, painting wrestlers at least the one i can remember today i was petrified and i loved it at the same time it was demolition really and i i remember just just, just well, watching these guys go great at first they started with the mask which was scary as all hell then they finally take it off, and you see the face paint, and yeah. you know, then you're still scared. Yep. That uh, Demolition was, was well, at least as, as of now 30 years uh, in, now now in history, that, that uh, Demolition was the first uh, uh, face-painted painted wrestlers that I can
0: remember. Yeah, so like you, so you obviously, I mean, we're talking, that's like what, 87, 88 maybe, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, now for me, I don't have a, a direct timeline, but I'm willing to guess that it was like a combination of what I saw on TV and what I saw in the magazines. So, like, I want to say that like it's e- it was either Kamala, Missing Link, or the Road Warriors. Oh yeah, that were like my first memory. of of face-painted wrestlers, like, right around the same time, so it could have been from, like, the magazines, because I used to, not only did I subscribe to the WWF magazine, but at one point, um, I used to get all, like, the Pro Wrestling Illustrateds, the Bill After magazines, all the, all the, you know, the the, the other different magazines, if you will, um, from the grocery store. And my grandfather built me a, like a, like a playhouse in, in his basement out of a Whirlpool refrigerator box. And he built windows and doors and he let me take my magazines and I would cut pictures out and I would glue them on the, like. Oh, that's um, a cool grandfather. Yeah. Oh, he. Ephraim Stein was the best. Love that man. You know, sorely missed. Um, yeah, so he built me this like fort, and uh, so I remember having pictures up of like the missing link specifically, um, and. I was young at the time, so, like, I didn't understand, like, I watched mostly WWF. I did watch NWA, Jim Crockett Promotions, uh, but mostly WWF. So, I would always wonder why, like, I wouldn't see, like, the guys in the magazines on TV, you know. And where could I find that other wrestling that was on there? And Missing Link was one of those guys. Like, I never got to watch him wrestle. I know he had, like, a brief run in the WWF. He was big in Texas and Dallas for world class Um but like his presentation was as a, even as a kid was very unique with like the hair and there was missing patches and he had the green face and i was like what's a missing link but like as as simple as his look was with the face paint it was at the same time it was very unique And then you had, like, Kamala. And Kamala took the face paint. Not only did he have the face paint, but then he also had it on the stomach and his his upper torso area. And then there was the Road Warriors, you know. And the Road Warriors were the ones that probably where I was like, Oh, my God, that's the coolest thing I ever saw. Just with the paint and the spikes, especially the spikes on the shoulder pads. But um, it's funny that you mentioned demolition, because I know you're a longtime wrestling fan. And you go even back further. But... um, yeah demolition had a, a unique look too and they were um well we've talked about it before everyone said oh they're road warrior ripoffs etc cetera, etc cetera. but they kind of had like a um they were the same but they were different at the same time like you know what i mean when it came to their face paint i just uh, you know I, I was fascinated by um by the road warriors in particular but also demolition as well um, was there anything that you liked or disliked about Demolition's look with the face paint?
1: I, I, so, Demolition, I, I did. not Wasn't until later as it that I got it. I got it disposed to to. Um, uh, Legion of Doom. Okay. That that, that uh,
0: I wish I saw. So when they came to WWF yeah. in 1990, that was where your first like, uh, uh, like I probably to saw a
1: Missing Link before I saw Legion of Doom, believe it or not. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I because I was I love sports. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, so I used to live ESPN. Yep. And then I used to watch on on uh, what was the ESPN. Uh,
0: they is used to, so they used to have AWA for a little while, but then they also had the Global Wrestling Federation. I think that's,
1: Maybe that's where I saw the Missy Link.
0: Okay, yeah, because they used to. So but it was gl- AWA. I
1: don't know, but but it was definitely an ESPN. Yeah, Glo- Missy yeah. Link was there, and I'm like, this guy is fucking
0: awesome. Okay, all right. So it might have been Global. I I could be mistaken. It might have been Global. I know Global was like, um, they used to run Dallas. Yeah. And they used to run the Sportatorium that the Von Ericks used, and I believe they came after the Jarretts in USWA. So I want to say that was like like late 91, 92-ish when Global was around and they used to be every day on ESPN. So they used to have a daily show every day at like 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That
1: probably good came from school. Came from school and yeah. wrestling was on, yeah. yeah.
0: And we could talk some Global memories too because there's some guys that, that, that ran through there that you wouldn't even think of that, you know, got their start in Global. But, um that's funny that you mentioned that but continue
1: but yeah that that, uh, that so my first exposure like I mentioned for face pain wrestlers was demolition so so I was probably one of the two percenters that when i saw they get doom i'm like hey who are these demolition ripoffs?" really <laughs> yeah oh, and man. then that, that uh that uh you must that, have pissed a few people uh, off oh i never said that before but yeah, i'm gonna yeah. say it in my head I, I'm, in my head but then of course you know i had to get my head a shake and, and like i realized oh, wait a second maybe he's dead. maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. but anyway that that what i'm trying <laughs> to say is that that uh that uh, was not till later to, to to like Legion of Doom. I would actually argue, I am not sh- and I'm not ashamed to say this. You, uh, the list, uh, the kicking out of two listening this, You can have to me all you want, but I think the first exposure I had for Legion of Doom was with the video game, the the Russell Fest. Okay. And, and I'm just like, wow, these guys are awesome. Yeah. That that because uh, uh, I also had my demolition bias. So and. And when the Legion of Doom did come, let's when when the first you know the first act, you didn't see much of them. That that had a Benjamin there, like what was like their like, the first run? What was Demolition's like biggest match? i oh, not Demolition. Uh, Legion of Doom like biggest match. You know what I mean? Um, you're talking about WWF? Yeah, WWF? The, first the first one. one yeah. So
0: when they came in 1990. Um, So we've kind of talked a little bit about this. They came in. They had that run with Demolition. Ultimate Warrior was involved in that. They did a series of six-mans. Many fans expected some kind of big showdown on a big pay-per-view with them. Never really got that. They kind of blew it off at, like, a Saturday night's main event. Um, I'm trying to think. I would have to say probably their first, like, Big match during that run in in the early '90s was when they beat the Nasty Boys for the tag team titles at SummerSlam in 1991. To me, at least, that's how that's that's yeah. what I feel like. That was their first. That was their first big match. Like like, because that WrestleMania in '91. They wrestled Paul Roma and Hercules Power and Glory, and it was like a squash match that ended like that. It was like 15 seconds, and so, and that was based off of Power and Glory costing the LOD a shot at the titles for that WrestleMania. So, yeah, I'm 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 gonna go and say that it was it was the the match with the Nasty Boys for me. I think that's
1: well said, but. I'm trying. What I'm trying to get at it, their their first stint was kind of lackluster, mm. I didn't know what their second stint was too. But but that uh, Legion of Doom in, in the in the WWF it was, I don't know. I there definitely wasn't their best work to say the least. That, that uh, and and the booking was not not the best. It was as questionable well. times, yeah.
0: So, <laughs> that, that,
1: that. so anyway, so I always thought the uh, like I said, ignorance is bliss, especially <laughs> you when you're biased. But I I always thought. Demolition was the bigger show that 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 as a kid, you know. Okay. That uh, that uh, so, so so I always thought, like I said, that, that I'm not ashamed to say this, I mean, because I wasn't really exposed to the, uh, I mean, I watched the Crockett Promotions and whatever, but but uh, that uh, I really didn't get that much Legion of Doom until they went uh, went, went Northeast and uh and, and I was I could vaguely remember going, who the fuck are these? A demolition
0: repulse. So let me ask you: um, When it comes to the face paint and incorporating it with the character, um, what are your impressions of like the designs and the color scheme of some of these face paint wrestlers? Like we could say, like Ultimate Warrior, about, like, Ultimate Ultimate, Warrior yeah. Sting. You could talk demolition, Road Warriors. Give me some of your impressions of of the the, the color scheme and the designs and how that went with each character. So, like, those, like Ultimate Warrior, yeah, the Ultimate
1: Warrior just pops into mind because that was like you know the big that was like the eighties with the big hair and the rock, the uh, that uh, you know the, the the fuck school rock and the roll, rock star and the, look, yeah. yeah and we, that I think he nailed that with the bright colors yeah. and whatever. I don't know so much with the promos and whatever, but his look that uh, Ultimate Warrior made, in my opinion, made millions of dollars. That that are just that's made just. Catching everyone's attention and just like in awe of his mm-hmm. look and just like running down the ring. Yep. And then once you know, once the bell rings, you, you could just yeah, literally. That catch, was the end of it. Yeah, that was yeah. it. But uh,
0: that uh, the look, the look in the entrance. That's what it was. Yeah.
1: And that his and his, I would argue that that mm. that his face paint might have been the best of all time. Okay. But that it just so tell not, me why. Oh, it's because the bright colors. That, 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 uh, the symbol, it, that it, warrior yes, I symbol mean, yeah, that the, he like, put on iconic. his face. It's yeah. just yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it's just, it, it, <laughs> that, uh, his, like I said, his look was way more, way, way more memorable than this than fucking wrestling, you know? Now, what about
0: Sting and his look? Because he would change, he, he was obviously WCW's version of the Ultimate Warrior, but a better wrestler. yeah. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about Sting's look, because he would change his face paint and his color scheme, you know, regularly. Yeah, that, uh, I never really got, I don't think Sting, uh, this might be
1: an unpopular opinion, but I don't think Sting needed face paint. That, that, that Really? Uh, I don't. Okay, tell he me why. Like, he had like that surfer, I'm going, I'm, I'm, you know,
0: I'm a party dude, you know what I mean? And then, uh, so could he have been one of the dynamic dudes then, with Shane Douglas or Johnny? Oh Ace? God, no one wanted to be a dynamic <laughs> dude, but I guess he
1: could. I guess he could yeah, have, like, get that the skateboard. skateboarder look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gonna saying, yeah, I don't think he needed it. Okay. That, that uh, and and half the time, to, to what's Warriors' credit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, if, if you're gonna go 20 minutes of wrestling, of course you're gonna sweat and it's gonna peel off, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Sting, especially his 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 paint. Would would come off all the freaking time that that uh that I never that that I mean his look was fucking awesome. Don't get me wrong, but that, that I don't think he needed it. That that uh that uh, he was always baby face. That uh, that uh, when you think of like the, the face paint, you think it's like an intimidating factor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, what, do do you consider Sting an intimidating figure?
0: You know, that's a good question. Um intimidating no but I think I think the paint helped in a sense because it made him more exciting to watch like you said earlier with Ultimate Warrior great look the entrance the intensity and then the bell rang and that's usually just about the end of it with Sting you had a good look intensity and he could wrestle in the ring. He could talk. Like he had a total package. Like if there was no Ultimate Warrior, you know, in WWF, Sting probably would have had that role. Like imagine like imagine let's say for instance if like Sting decided, "You know what? I'm fucking done with WCW. This place is a shit show." And he goes to WWF and let's say 91 They would have never called the Ultimate Warrior back. I think you are probably right. In my opinion. They would have never called him back. Warrior left and Warrior was fired in in 91 after that SummerSlam where he demanded more money from Vince before he went out to wrestle in the tag match with Hogan. And he got the money. And then when he came through the curtain, they were like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. You got your money. We're out. You know, no more. Would you fire Warrior as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You demand more money before match time, after you've been building up this match for, for weeks and months, and then you get right before bell time, you're like, oh, I, I I deserve more money? Come on. Like, that's just wrong. That's absolutely wrong. You committed to it the entire time, and then, you know, come on, give me a break. I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead, but that was a dick move on his part. But, yeah, if he, you know, he gets fired, and let's say Sting's like, you know what, screw this, I want nothing to do with this, and Sting shows up in, like, 91, maybe even 92, they would have never called Warrior back. They would have been like, "We got the guy." Do you just think about the dream matches too. Oh, absolutely. Um, but anyhow, let's uh, l- l- let's continue on here, um, and uh, let's talk about. Um, I'm gonna do a word association with you in a little bit with some face painted wrestlers. I'm we'll just gonna, to it. yeah. But right now, I'm gonna ask you what wrestlers in history that you think could have. Benefited from wearing face uh, paint, something sorry, that could have added to their persona. Well, of course, you guys
1: sort of like scary people. Then, uh you know what? I, I right off the bat, I'm glad they didn't. Then uh, was the Undertaker. Uh, that uh it. it okay, it, I want to talk
0: with you about that. Continue. Then
1: uh, maybe he did it in the way beginning, but like very, no. hit, very subtle. It, it, then, uh, but um, but that uh, that that uh, definitely. You know who who would have benefited from 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 face paint? That uh, it, it it it's it's a reach, but I I would have liked nails. That uh, nails? nails, yeah, nails was okay. like this creepy guy. I know like in princes in me, you not associate. Yeah. Like, but you gave him like kind of like, uh, like, I I could see like him benefiting from from like face paint, just being like a scarier figure, like. I don't. I, Interesting. You know, like, like you know, remember like John Randall, the football player. He had like the black sc- yeah. triangles. Yeah, 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 and yeah. If he had something like that, I
0: think it would really, really work. So you mentioned Undertaker, okay? Yep. And there's been many different incarnations of Undertaker and different looks, and for the most part, I I would venture to guess that you could say that he nailed him on the head for the most part. I'm sure there were some times where he was like... Eh, I don't think I'm going to try that again. But I feel... Like, we talked about it in the mask episode. He wore that mask... Yeah. After he got hurt from when Mabel sat on his face... And they broke his orbital bone. And he wore that mask and they incorporated it into his character. And it just brought this different look to him. And it was cool. And it made him even darker, but more mysterious. And, you know, people had sympathy for him. Um... It would have been kind of cool if Undertaker donned some kind of face paint, but in like certain situations. I'm not saying he'd wear it all the time, but like if it was in, if it called for like him wrestling another face painted wrestler, like let's say a Kamala, for instance, Uh and he were to dress his face up like Kamala's to kind of play more mind games with him. Because you remember the story Kamala was scared to death of him. Yeah. You know? The Ugandan giant Kamala like they finally found his kryptonite that was the Undertaker Um, if he kind of like incorporated that into his character from time to time I'm not saying it'd be every day I think Undertaker could make it work and pull it off now there was a brief period of time where Undertaker um, had like a teardrop on his face, almost like a prison tattoo. I remember. Okay, and that was like a brief period of time. That didn't last very long, but you know, you said you're glad they didn't put it on Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I think that they. I think at if it was something that was like a special occasion from time to time, I think Undertaker. You remember what work. I meant by that? Like from the gate. Uh, oh, the, like the, right uh, from the start. Or yeah, or, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like
1: I, 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 they really, really tried. Like they, I'm assuming. In, Ninety percent of the listening, uh, the, of the listening audience that I've seen, the Night of the Living Dead, like that, where they like they, they they, they like, you know, his face is bright white, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, like they really tried to make him look like a Night of the Living Dead zombie. Yeah. I don't think that would have gone over very well, and I'm glad they didn't do that.
0: Yeah. No, I mean. If it, if it would be like a... But even that, if it was like, let's say like, for instance, like a Halloween episode of Monday Night Raw or something, then yeah. like he kind of like donned that like zombie look just for like one time, you I know? guess that would work. Like if, if it was just like a special occasion sort like, of like thing. Like the
1: creatures on the night, like they were
0: the Night of Living Dead. Yeah. and they did that to him, I don't know. But if it was a special occasion, a one-time thing, would you be cool with it? Or if they incorporated it full-time if into his character? It was well done, sure. Okay. All right. Um... Give me some names of some other guys that you know you feel like could have benefited from face paint, something that could have added to their persona. Um, a, a guy just because. She, you said nails. That uh, that uh, a guy that could
1: have like maybe done like the Ultimate Warrior kind of look. That 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 even though he's like twice the that that Ultimate Warrior is twice the size, Brian Pillman. I can see Brian Pillman doing face paint. That uh, really, yeah, absolutely. That 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 uh, what would
0: cause him to put put face paint on? Because
1: would... he's a crazy motherfucker. Okay. That, that 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 uh, and he does it just, and, and I can't even see him just like, so so it's almost like an like, like the knowledge of don't do warrior. Is is like you know there whatever? Mm-hmm. It's just it's him like thinking like like he's so fucking crazy that like you know he could be the unstoppable force. You know what I mean? Like, he wears some so sort of if face paint. Just like went off his
0: rocker. Yeah, or absolutely. Whatever. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, anyone else that comes to mind that you think? I uh, know it's just somebody some
1: that uh... I'm trying to think of like a scary guy. Like, uh, like um. Here's one
0: I think that could have worked. Vader. Definitely. Absolutely. Because I mean. When Vader first came to the United States, he wore a mask mask, like a real mask. And then, he, when he changed his look up, it was like that jockstrap kind of yeah. look. Now, um, with that, with yeah, he had the mask. Then he had like the jockstrap. If you kind of incorporated some kind of face paint into his look, like the red and the black. I think he could have pulled it off, too. Yeah,
1: definitely... Yeah? Okay. Then, uh... It would have gave him more of, like, a intimidating factor, too. But, like... Like, Vader... Like, I don't know. That, that... Vader was always scary to me, and I always liked him. But, that... that, that mask, what about Sid? So. Sid, yeah. That, uh... I guess... Yeah, Sid, definitely. Yeah? And you get him, like... Yeah, like I said, like, another like uh, and you put face masks on Sid that definitely would have worked for sure
0: now one guy who I wouldn't say he was a full on face painted wrestler but he had dabbled with it from time to time Raven yeah the Raven character I feel like could have adopted face paint into his look yeah, I definitely agree with that. At least... Something that could have been, like, a special sort of occasion with his look. Kind of like what Jeff Hardy's done in recent years. Yeah. He, he doesn't wear the face paint all the time, but, you know, he'll mix up the color scheme and, um, and, and, and and really, you know, I wouldn't say bedazzle himself out, but he'll really stand out with, with, with the face paint in, in, in certain situations.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. that. That, uh... That idea yeah, think he would have like the I like to go on like I wish Raven almost had like a like a a prison kind of theme to him where it's like where where he it's like he feels like a, he's a like, prisoner was inside himself and he like have like numbers on his forehead or something interesting that that uh that uh, but yeah I could definitely Raven and face paint that's a great answer that that uh I think it would definitely give him more layers to his
0: character for sure yeah so. We're talking about wrestlers that could have benefited from face paint. Some you even you said Sting might not have needed it, um, which might be a conversation for another day. Um, talk to me about the worst looking face painted uh, wrestlers. that's a good one.
1: All right, let's go down that that uh, that rabbit that, hole. Yeah, that. Uh trying to think all right so some really really bad ones that uh that uh an unpopular opinion sometimes jeff hardy that uh sometimes he rocks it right out of the park sometimes i'm just like what is he going is he like a 17 year old going to like a rave or some type of thing That uh that uh sometimes his face paint is like He's crying for attention, mm-hmm. and other times, it's just like, holy shit, this fucking thing rocks. Yeah. So, so Jeff Hardy comes to mind that, 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 that but granted, though, it was like, you know, 80, 20, 80 times, you know, it's really good, the 20 times, it's like, mean, like, like, He's ah, not hitting a home Jeff run right? no. every time with it, but yeah. uh, uh, but yeah, then a uh, face thing that, that just wasn't good, um... I don't know, You I, I know it's out there, I'm
0: getting pissed off at myself. I so thinking. here's what, I, here's yeah. what I'm going to do. You, you, you said earlier, I'm going to kind of make a shift a little bit here. Yeah. Um, you said earlier that you, you could make an argument that the Ultimate Warrior is probably the greatest face-painted wrestler of all time, just based on his look. Um, and you just kind of made mention that at times, Jeff Hardy might be the worst face-painted wrestler. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you, so we talked about Sting, we talked about Road Warriors, we talked about Demolition. We talked I got,
1: about, well I'm sorry, No, yeah. I might have got one. Would you consider Hakushi face paint? Yes. That was a mess. That was a mess? You didn't like that look? No, that was a mess. Then, uh... uh, I didn't think that was intimidating at all. You know what it was, though? though? I think Jared Lauer might have polluted my brain. And The second he goes, hey look, he got his he got his grocery list on his face. <laughs> I, 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 I think I might have ruined it for me. Okay, and th- then,
0: uh, <laughs> that's where that's where it kind of lost the yeah. intimidating factor. Okay, so we talked about Ultimate Warrior. You mentioned Sting, Demolition, Road Warriors. We've kind of talked about like some of the bigger names with face paint here. Um, I'm gonna give you a name and. Um, then I'm going to just have you give me a one word or a brief description of you know what your thoughts are on this face pain wrestler. Powers of Pain. Powers of Pain.
1: That that uh, yeah, they, they had a good one. That uh, that uh, I was a big fan of Powers of Pain too. That that uh, that, that uh, they're very intimidating. You got that face pain that that, that adds it on. That uh, definitely. Good wrestlers with uh, good face paint. How about what did, you, what did you think?
0: They were okay. I mean, they were intimidating looking with their size. Um, I thought they were good competition for like the Road Warriors. Um, I didn't see. I didn't look at them as like a Road Warrior ripoff. You know, like most people look at Demolition. I didn't look at Powers of Pain as a Road Warrior ripoff. Um, but um, yeah, they were all right. I didn't have a. I didn't have a, a problem with them here. You know, either way regarding their look with face paint Um, that would (laughs) if we go back a second now
1: that that, uh, talking about wrestlers that could have used face paint Adam Bomb that, that character would have been I like that. brilliant. It would, would have been brilliant. With the and we've paint. talked
0: about that. Adam Baum for me was a guilty pleasure. Um, his look, I mean, he wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, but he just had this look. And I just thought that name was. I mean, people might think it's corny and stupid, but man, I just thought Adam Baum, like, the name was just so cool. Um, that, like, yeah, face paint, like, kind of like that like you know matches his his ring gear like the red and the yellow you know the, with the with the look with the the atom yeah. bomb logo like yeah that would have been kind of cool i got, I'd gotten behind that um another name great muda oh, one of the best okay that that uh that uh i the
1: only thing that I used to bother me he did from time to time maybe it's just coincidence but i kind of wish that his face paint would, would match his mist. If he had, like, red face paint, have red mist. If it was green face paint, have green mist. I think that would have been a, a, a little added bonus to, to his character.
0: Interesting, okay. I mean, his face paint was... wasn't anything special to write home about. It was just pretty standard with, like, you know, maybe, like, one or two colors and then, like, something written in Japanese on his face. Um, he didn't have, like, a... like anything that really popped i think although your idea isn't a bad one when it came to matching the mist with the face paint i think what made his look cool was that like the face the mist would be a different color that would kind of pop with the other face paint so if he had red face paint he had green mist if he had green face paint he had red mist you know what i mean so like i think that 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 kind of having the different colors like blend together i think was kind of cool with him um definitely one of the best i feel like muda muda could have been a big deal in the united states as a as a as a a top guy whether that was for wcw or whether that was for wwf um what do you think why do you think you know muda didn't have as big of a run here in the united states of course
1: it's always been the uh, the since the uh, wrestling time. When I mean, you get a foreign wrestler, an uh, uh, an authentic foreign wrestler, is gonna be the language barrier. Yeah, that, that that's all. That's that's the number one thing. He, he, like, like my heart breaks. Like and like what for current wrestling? When it, when you watch Oscar, right? She's so fucking awesome. Yeah. But give her on give her on the mic. It's like oh. She, she struggles, you know? But
0: I feel like people have embraced that, though. At least today's audience has. With, like, when she speaks in a different language and she kind of goes crazy. And, like, people, like, see, like, a different side of her when she's, like, I very guess. animated. Even though she's speaking in a different language. Like, when she did commentary those couple of weeks on Raw. People liked it. I people, it. people thought it was funny. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty funny, too. Granted, it took away from the match. I will say. It definitely took away from the match. Um, I feel like Muda... I, the language barrier. There's there's a strong case to be made with that point, um, but I think at the same time he could have also had a manager that you know could have spoken for him. You know, he had Gary Hart for a little while in in WCW, um, and then you know Muda would bounce around. I believe he was managed at one point um, in WC. No, he was no. I'm sorry, he was a for for a while. He was a babyface. Um, in the early nineties, and he didn't have a manager. But um, go if you ever have a chance. YouTube Muda versus Hogan from the Tokyo Dome in ninety three. is one of the best Hogan matches I've ever seen. He actually wrestled like, and he wrestled a Japanese style, you know, and he kept up with Muda, and it was a really good match. I wish we got to see that, you know, stateside on a bigger platform yeah. like a WWF or a WWE. Okay, um, next one, Vampiro. That was a good one yeah. I like van puro okay said,
1: uh I thought he uh, I think some people might argue that he was overutilized I think he was actually underutilized I think same I think you could have put the I think you could you could put, uh, put the title on him but granted you would have to give him a stable first yeah if you gave him if you gave him like the undead stable or whatever I don't know then he, he, uh, he could have been a champion
0: he had the dark carnival for a little while in WCW he was with great muda he also had insane clown posse, and then he had the kiss demon, um, as a part of his little stable. But I
1: they feuded as a kiss demon.
0: They did for a little yeah. while, and then he became one of Vampiro's okay. like foot soldiers as part of this group, and they were up against Sting for. This was toward this was the Russo era towards the end of WCW. Yeah, gotcha. um, but you know, in the beginning, Vampiro just kind of did like the. Um, it was like very similar to like the teardrop on the face. He he would just have it like over like under his eyes, and then as time went on, he adopted more of like the the skeleton kind of look in his face paint. And I liked Vampiro. He wasn't he wasn't setting the world on fire from an in ring standpoint, but I thought he had a, you know good chops on the mic. He had a good look. Um, I thought he was a a, a credible character on the show and i like that they were you know he was new and different in wcw you know i kind of have a soft spot for some of those guys that were spotlighted during that russo era um even though many people look at that as like you know that was the final nail in the coffin when when russo was booking all those young guys to go over the established guys i i really thought vampiro had a place in that WCW, you know what I mean? And so, um, I was kind of disappointed when, like, after, um, he got a concussion and he could no longer wrestle that, um, he still didn't have a role. I mean, granted, he was on Lucha Underground as a part of a, um, the the commentary and I think he wrestled, uh, um, uh, Pentagon Jr. at one point. Did you ever watch Lucha Underground? Not really. Okay, see, I watched a little bit here and there. Yeah,
1: I, I I mean, I watched it, Yeah, but, the only thing I... thats I, the
0: first, like, cinematic exactly, wrestling out I, there. I, I don't know. Didn't do it for you? No. Okay. Um, next face-painted wrestler. Gold Dust. That's
1: a good one. That, that uh... And, and it brought so much to his character, too, that, uh... The, like, a lot of these face-painters face that, that, uh... You, you know, it's just one of those things that are just, um... Cosmetic. The face-painted Gold Dust was part of the outfit that uh if you wouldn't say face paint done perfectly gold dust
0: yeah see in the beginning he just did his 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 face gold and then he had his his eyes His lips and his ears black, and I was like, "That is creepy." And then he added a little more to the face, adding a little more black. And then at one point, it used to be just like predominantly black with shades of gold, and um, you know, his 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 face paint evolution has evolved over time to the point where, um, you know, currently in AEW, he's you know known as the Natural Dustin Rhodes. And half of his face is painted red and black. And if you were to have him come out on T V and not wear face paint, he's naked without it. You know? You know, longtime wrestling purists were like, Oh, you're killing Dusty's kid. This is Dusty's son. Like, what are you doing? And then he just like he made that role. Like, I didn't like it at first. It was weird. It made you feel very uncomfortable. It made yes, it made you feel very uncomfortable. It was during a time period where you know, our society was our society was not accepting of the homo uh, of homosexuality, yeah. and they were like pushing that button on TV, and Goldust was kind of pushing that button, and um, so it, it made you feel uncomfortable. And then just the look and how he presented himself and how he delivered on the mic and you know the the cold dust like that you know that creepy you know yeah. just kind of presentation like it just made for an uncomfortable but like at the same time like you couldn't step away from it. you had to watch you know um but dare i say do you think here's a question for you when it comes to him do you think had he not put the face paint on that he would have had as a successful a career probably not okay that uh do you think he could have ride it out being Dusty's son? Or do you think he had to do this in order for him to stand out? Well, I, he would have been.
1: I think Goldust, if Goldust, if 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 they, if I, I guess you would call out a couple of bad breaks for the WWE, but if uh, Goldust had a couple of good breaks, like let's say you know Shawn Michaels does leave to, to to WCW, and The Undertaker, again the same note, The Undertaker breaks his leg or something. I think you would have to put him as the top guy, would when, 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 when you say so? Gold bust. Yeah, uh, I think he, he was a couple of whatever side of the spectrum you want to think, bad breaks,
0: good breaks, away from being the champion. I think they flirted. I don't think regular Dustin Rhodes I don't think regular Dustin Rhodes could no, there. I don't think regular Dustin Rhodes either. You know what's funny, too, is that years ago on an old episode of, uh, of Something to Wrestle with Bruce Prichard, there was a story that came out um, that Bruce confirmed that in early 1993, they flirted with the idea of bringing Dustin Rhodes in to wrestle Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 9. And when they brought up the idea to Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan said, that skinny kid, Dusty's boy? No, nah, that's not going to work for me. And he's right. And, and he's, he's absolutely right. You know, the natural Dustin Ro- I mean, he was, you know, skinny kid. And as a, as the natural Dustin Rhodes, he was not a bad wrestler. He was popular within the WCW audience. He had great matches with guys like Rick Rude and Steve Austin and Brian Pillman and Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, etc., etc. But he was just missing something, you know. And what I think hurt him was the fact that he was Dusty's kid because he... He had a similar look to Dusty with the, the, the tights and the boots and the blonde hair and so the Gold Dust character obviously I think saved his career and he did such a great job with it that around 96, when he was really getting red hot with it, after he did the thing with Piper, yeah. I remember seeing in the WWF magazine pictures of Goldust and Shawn Michaels wrestling live events in uh, for the title uh, with a ladder match stipulation. And I thought that we would see that on TV. And from what I've read over the years, there had been talks of having a Goldust Shawn Michaels program for the title during that time period. I don't know if he would have won it, but... There were talks of having Goldust and Shawn Michaels wrestle each other for the belt on TV. They did for live events because Michaels used to wrestle everyone. Yep. He wrestled Steve Austin before Steve Austin won King of the Ring and became a big deal. He wrestled everyone on the live event circuit. Um, so I feel like during that time frame, let's say, let's say late, let's say middle to late 1996. Looking back on it, you could have gotten away with a Goldust title run, even if it was just for a month. You could have gotten yeah. away with Gold Dust as the WWF champion. The con, you know, I mean how controversial he was during that time frame. Like imagine the the kind of heat he would have, you know, wrestling someone like a Shawn Michaels or even Bret Hart for instance. You know what I mean? So, I feel like y- you you might be right in that sense, Dennis, that like they probably they probably could have pulled the trigger and put the belt on him even if it was like as a transitional champion and it would have worked. That's just me. I, I totally agree, one hundred percent. Okay, um, next face painted wrestler, Kamala.
1: Of course, good a
0: good one. Good one. But
1: uh, and that, well, what what made him so um, great was his mystery, and of course, the face paint brought yeah. even more mystery to it. Because he didn't talk. Oh. He didn't know he didn't know the rules of wrestling. Okay. I thought that was such a great touch That's too. Two. Yeah, he, go talk about that. Elaborate. He, didn't, he didn't understand the rules of wrestling. That yeah. that that uh that uh, he would beat the shit out of a guy and a guy would be on his stomach and he would and he would go for the pin, and like, you know, the manager's gotta go flip him over, yeah. flip him over.
0: Yeah, that was cool. I like that touch. It added to his it added to his mystique. I thought um he was
1: I think they should have more. Some of some of these crazy characters, yeah. Like like like, like when you get like 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 the fiend, right? As much mm-hmm. as I love it and, and, and I'm sure pe- anyone who listened to, uh, to to me on these podcasts more than twice knows I am a fiend super fan, that's my favorite current, current wrestler. But the one thing that kinda of pisses me off, here's this guy who's a lunatic, right? And he knows the rules of wrestling, like gotta pin a guy, gotta make him submit. Mm-hmm. And then you just think you would just you know, beat the shit out of this guy so so much you get disqualified or they have to stop the match or something, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That, that, like, like the fiend truly understands the rules of like wrestling, whatever yeah. you know. And even like I was watching, you know, um, um, I was watching AEW, which, 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 which maybe on a different podcast so, to give an opinion on that wrestling. Yeah. But I was watching it, and this woman, Abaddon, that that, that comes on, and I fucking love it. Yeah. that that, that uh, she's got like this. Cre- creepy like entrance. Like, like like entrance and like her look like yeah. her look was fucking point. paint too. But here's the thing. She knew like to pin the person one two three and immediately goes over and celebrates. Yeah. So, you're, so
0: you're kind of hoping that she has like the Kamala gimmick where she's just you know she'll, she'll cause chaos and destruction. Exactly. But she's not, she she's not really uh, well um, equipped to the uh, the rules within the context of uh, of, of a wrestling match. Exactly. think okay. That uh, I Kamala. But, that's uh, so, but the thing is that like you can't do that with everyone. That's no. why it made it so unique with Kamala. Well,
1: here's the thing: you got this woman that, that who was a zombie. Okay. Well, would a zombie know the rules of wrestling? You know what I mean? That 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 she would just know to kick the shit out of you yeah. and try to eat you alive. You okay.
0: Know? I mean that's yeah, that's that's a fair point to make. Um, next one here, the Zodiac.
1: Here's the thing, I got a double standard on the Zodiac. I love the face paint, the look. I just hate the gimmick. Okay. I think they could have done. I, I, a lot. I'm, better. I'm with you there. Uh, but that face paint and his hair and yep. stuff like that, and they gave it to anyone but Brutus the Barber Beefcake. They could have really, really, really gone something. And of course, and at the end when they jumped the shark on the Dungeon and Doom, when he was
0: a double agent or something.
1: How stupid is that?
0: Yeah, and then he became the Booty Man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about the various gimmicks that. Uh, Beefcake had uh, had had portrayed in his wrestling. I think career.
1: Zodiac, though. He, I think the Booty Man was Mozart compared compared to Zodiac. <laughs> I yeah, I mean
0: that's it. I mean that's that's another argument for another day. But I wouldn't uh, I, w- I wouldn't disagree there. The um, here, here's somebody more current that wore face paint for a while and they changed their look. Um, and the face paint was cool, but I mean it was time for them to evolve at the same time. The Usos yeah but that uh they kind of had that like you know like like screaming kind of they, were, scre- kinda, you they know. were
1: screaming to be heels over that face paint and i think that was the problem because they're kind of like like the, like I, th- I think the usos are better faces than heels that i it, and, 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 and that's credit to their work because i like them as heels as well mm-hmm. but, but i think they're that they, i think they work better as faces and and that even though it was bright colors and it was like you know tropical that uh, I still think it screamed hey these guys gotta be heels and I think that was their problem that, that these 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 faces that that, that uh, I kind of had like a in my opinion heelish look to them yep that uh that that uh they're trying to push uh, you know what I'm trying to say there was an image issue there
0: yeah okay all right I mean the feet fa- for me with them like they came out they didn't have face paint at first you know, they even acknowledged on TV that, you know, that we're not the stereotypical Samoan wrestlers. We wear boots. You know, they were trying to kind of take away, fr- they were trying to, I guess, get away from being the stereotypical Samoan wrestler that you see on TV that, you know, is barefoot and kind of they has like... Did they really say that? And they did. They were like, you know... Well, what was... Okay, let's... let's, let's,
1: let's, let's scale back, back a little bit. Scale okay. it back. And then, then uh, what was like their... Fr- I remember, what was their first... They that really got them over—they're um, doing the Samoan dance well, the yeah. ring. Yeah. How dare they say
0: that? But no. But what I'm saying is, is that like, all right. So in the beginning, when they first came out, they were wearing like street clothes. Um, then their ring attire, you know, you we know, do they wore boots. They didn't, you know, they didn't adopt the face paint. They didn't adopt. They didn't adopt the island look. Um, you know, that was like early on in their run, and then over time. They kind of adopted little elements of the Samoan wrestler look um, with the face paint, and then doing the dance, and then having the. But they added a, like a like like a cool color scheme to their look. You know, they did the neon colors like Stang and Ultimate Warrior and stuff like that. And it was more or less like paying tribute, homage to the Samoan Samoan heritage, but at the same time trying to evolve from that stereotype um, but the face paint when they turned heel and I f- believe it was like the f- like somewhere in 2016 and then they just like adopted more of their real personalities with like the street clothes and yeah. like the Nike sneakers and things like that um, then people I think accepted them more people liked them because their work was still good beforehand, don't get me wrong. When they wore the face paint and they kinda you know, they did the Samoan dance, people liked them. They were popular. They had great matches with the Wyatt's and the SHIELD. But then when they turned and they adopted more of their real personalities, they I think people accepted them more because like, okay, and, this seems genuine. And they still liked their work, so it was just like a you know a one credit.
1: I think also the the work also that that uh Oh I, I once again, I, I'm not afraid to say this, give an unpopular opinion, that uh, no, you are not. <laughs> that uh, my <laughs> sure. favorite hell in a cell match was Uso. Was his new, new it, day. That's a great it was, match. It was such a clean match. They didn't have to. They they, they used the environment that that that, that, that as a advantage. weapon. Yeah. That, that that instead of just like you know that, that uh, doing like a fake blade job or. Like you know, it, it, like everyone goes Gaga for, for for Mankind and Undertaker. Look, it was a spectacle. It was a, it's part of wrestling history. But you
0: can't top that anymore. And, that, that, uh, yeah. But
1: but but I would take Usos versus uh, versus New Day all day. Oh, over. that was a great match.
0: That that, that,
1: uh, that, that, that was t- like Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in Cell was just, which is glorified like the, you know you know like Daredevil shit. Yep. That that that. that uh, that uh, but New Day versus versus Usos. versus Usos was a masterpiece.
0: Yeah, it was a great match. It, it was it was a great match, and I thought that they they really they they really did the match well because every you know when it comes to Hell in the Cell. In recent years, it's not the match that you're like, oh my God, they got to put these two in Hell in the Cell so they can blow it off and have the, you know. Now it's just like, oh, we have a pay per view every year. It's called Hell in the Cell. So let's just throw these two random people in there. And at first, you know, When they announced that match, I remember they were having a series of matches with each other. Series of tag team matches. It it was, you know, back and forth and they were having some great matches. It was, you know, whether it was a standard tag match or if it was a a, a false count anywhere. You know, like, they were tearing it up. They were tearing it up. And when they put them in Hell in the Cell, I was excited. Um, I was definitely excited for them to be in Hell in the Cell, but and it kind of made sense. It's like, man, we've done every match. Accept this match. We gotta do this match. We gotta have them in this environment. And they they delivered, man. They delivered. I loved it. Um let's continue. Here's one total ripoff. Poor guy. Obviously, you know, wrong place, wrong time, wrong era. The Renegade from WCW. Yeah. And then, uh, with, with the big written, R on his face,
1: <laughs> I kind of liked the face paint though. Really? I, I think that was the only thing that that, that kind of made him stood out was the face paint. Well,
0: the fact and, that, that he had that a big thing. R on his face, yeah, it was pretty, written on his all right, face. All right, all right. I was, I was.
1: Right. No,
0: I mean you can still. I'm not gonna. T- I'm not here to convince you to change your mind. You. I you still kind of liked it.
1: I think that was the only thing that made him stand out. Look, he was a terrible wrestler. God rest his soul. Did he? He committed suicide, he, he right? He killed himself. Oh, unfortunately. Jesus. But yeah. Then, uh, but, um. Yeah, that's. Uh, it. But, uh. But, yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, I couldn't wrestle much. That, uh. Well, what was it? Like,
0: he was Hogan's secret weapon in a match against Vader. And they brought him in, and they were hyping it up. It's like, we have the ultimate surprise. The ultimate. And everyone thought, like, holy shit, like, this is the ultimate warrior and you think maybe they did and then all of a sudden the way and the rumor is is that so i don't know how true this is but the rumor is is that they tried getting ultimate warrior and ultimate warrior either was not interested or he was asking for too much money and so they they decided to um um do the uh the, the, the renegade this like you know Hogan's version of the ultimate warrior so to speak. To, that's that's the that's the narrative. I don't know how true it is, but that's that, that's the rumor. But I also heard of this uh, another story here too is that um, not long after Renegade's run in the company, he was managed by Jimmy Hart. He had the on screen association with Hogan and Savage when they were fighting the Dungeon of Doom that they were negotiating with Ultimate Warrior to come in, but for whatever reason, didn't work out. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was true that they tried to get Warrior at first, and he said no, and then they were like, all right, well, let's come up with our own version of him. You know what I mean? It, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. Um, here's one that, that we could talk about for... We could talk about a whole show on this one. Um, doink.
1: Yeah. How did I... Oh, my God. How did, how did I forget about Doink? That that uh, <clears throat> Doink heel is as a, as a top ten favorite wrestler for me. That, that, that uh, it was just such a good gimmick. It's yeah. That, like, 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 you know, one of our... Little Kid's, you know, one, Little Kid's greatest, one of, one of their greatest fears is clowns. and yep. Like, you know, it starts off. Yeah. Yeah. The music, yeah. Uh, it was just so good. Yeah. But then, that, uh, face paint to, face paint to perfection that, uh, you got to put it right up there with Goldust and, and Doink the Clown.
0: Yeah. I, I love, I mean, I didn't care for Doink as a kid. I was like a clown. But, like, at the same time, he was so good at getting people, you know, to hate him that, like, it grew on me. And um, then as I got, as I've been older, and I brought this subject up recently um, to you, uh, and I've said it, I've said it, and I might have said it a few more times on this podcast, but I think we talked about it, you, me, and Justin. I dare say that Evil Doink the Clown came too late in the wwf he should have been in the wwf like two years maybe three years prior and evil doink the clown would have been headlining a summer slam or a royal rumble for the title against a hogan or a savage or even the right. ultimate warrior
1: you during right. that era
0: of wrestling when they were feeding all the monsters and all the ghouls and goblins to hulk hogan Doink the Clown would have been on that list But Doink would have given Hogan a wrestling match Because Matt Bourne was a great wrestler He was a a good traditional heel Like he didn't try to get people to like him You know, if you go back and you watch some of his stuff In uh, Mid-South Bill Watts' territory As a part of the Rat Pack With Jim Duggan and uh, Ted DiBiase Man, people hated him People hated him, and he was such a good heel that, like, he would do stuff in the ring, and he wouldn't rake the eyes because he had to. He would rake the eyes of his opponent because he wanted to, and he was the type of heel that, like, justified his actions. You know what I mean? He, 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 and that's a good heel, and, and Matt Bourne was that, and he brought that, a lot of that to the doink character, you know, and I just, uh, as a kid, like I said, didn't really care for it. Eventually, it kind of grew on me, um... But now looking back on it, I think there I think there was a good amount left on the table when it came to him, like Evil Doink the Clown against Undertaker. Oh, so good! Evil Doink the Clown against Randy Savage. Evil Doink the Clown against Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I just think that. And sadly, I think his best work with the Doink character
1: was in ECW where, where, when he was. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about that because I, I,
0: I, don't, I don't, I'm not too familiar with that.
1: Oh, it was amazing. That that, that so so he was <laughs> fighting with the sanity. That that uh, that that uh, so so you had regular Matt Bourne sometimes, and all of a sudden you got he couldn't use doink because you know copy infringement, but uh, you know then you got the clown, like uh, version of Matt Bourne where he was losing his mind, and it was just so well done. So sometimes it would be they like. Uh, Sometimes like the face paint would be like half on. Sometimes it's fully on, and yeah. then uh, it was just so freaking good. And at the way way we in, he kind of en- embraced the embraced the clown uh, character. Like it-, it took over, and then all of a sudden he vanished. Maybe because the contract ran out, or he got hurt, or whatever. Then, uh but you uh, then uh, that popularity wise is indisputable. It was you know his uh, it it was uh, his heel work in WWF. Yeah, but. But, like, his best creative work was in ECW, guys. I mean, it was just so well
0: done. I'll have to check it out because I didn't see... I I'd heard that he had had a, you know, a brief run. And <clears throat> I'd seen clips of him in ECW kind of, you know, wearing the paint, like, half on. Or it was kind of, like, disheveled and, and mushy. He didn't have the wig, but he had, like, the long tights. Um, if you ever go back and watch... Um, he had a great series of matches with Mister Perfect in, as a part of the um, the King of the Ring tournament yeah, in that, 1993. Yeah. Yeah. If you go back and watch it, was they, that Matt
1: Born though? The, the yeah, guy,
0: that was Matt Bourne.
1: He was a face at that time. Wasn't no, he, he? was
0: a, he, he was a heel against he? babyface okay. Mister Perfect. But it would be towards the end of '93 where Matt Bourne would leave because he had some issues. I think there were some personal issues, some some drug and alcohol. He yeah, definitely drugs. Stuff. Yeah, was um, right drugs? I right. believe so. Yeah. Um, and he um, he uh, he he left the company, but they kept the Doink character, and they gave it to I believe his name is Ray Apollo, and Ray Apollo donned the character for a couple more years. Um, he did right job with it. He did all right. I mean, it was Babyface Doink. They had the 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 the, the yeah, little dink. people Dink, and you know the, the the a couple more when they did the match with Lawler and the other little kings. Yeah. Um, queasy sleazy and cheesy you know with lawler and then you had dink wink and pink with doink so um but anyhow um yeah doink to me i feel like that there was some stuff that was just left on the table with him man that like if they incorporated that character you know and 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 debuted him a couple of years prior man he would have been a top top draw for them and you want to know something interesting too i don't know if you ever heard this but i believe it was in 1998 yeah i want to say it was 1998 i heard this story on uh, pritchard's podcast they were talking about bringing the doink character back but being a more evil darker clown and they were gonna um they were going to uh um have uh one of the headbangers be, be like the new Doink, and for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. But they had talked about um, uh, do, doing like a more dark, darker, like almost like almost like horror horror movie esque evil clown. A little, you know, for that era, it was attitude era. So I mean, you know, you had pimps yeah. and porn stars and guys lighting other guys on fire and shit like that. So I mean, it, it, it would have fit in that role. But um, and then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, they were they were talked about bringing Matt Bourne back to reprise the Doink role, but as like the a manager and a mouthpiece to the new Doink. From what, I'm, from, from what I remember. So, that would have been interesting. Um, another interesting face-painted wrestler that um, I feel is, the character was very underrated was Papa Shango. Yeah, that's a good one. What did you think of Papa Shango? Um, I liked the look. I liked the
1: gimmick. That, um, I agree with the popular, uh, that, that the Ultimate War thing was stupid. You didn't like that at all. See, I, I, I it did cool. it. I did it. And then, uh, what I mean. I, uh, we did a
0: watch along of that recently. Yeah, here, kicking out it too. The, <laughs> the, the, the the ultimate warrior um, throwing up all over the place from the from being cursed by Papa yeah. Shango. That
1: uh, I I <clears> that uh, I I think they could have booked it a little bit better. Okay, but uh, but that uh, I kind of like this carry. The character that, 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 uh, the only thing I'd, uh, I thought was weird that, that he did most of his shenanigans post-match. I think he should have done more like pre-match and like the people had just been like, you know, convulsioning or whatever. And then he just puts his boot on, you know, one, two, three or something. You know there were right? a
0: couple of times I remember watching, uh, an episode of Superstars <clears throat> on the network recently. And, uh, the bell rang and the lights went out. And when the lights came back on, the guy was the guy's boots were lit on fire. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. I mean so they did do stuff. And, they, that, and then, like the match didn't really go on. Yeah. Um did you know that at one point they had planned to bring back the Papa Shango character in nineteen ninety seven? I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. It was so, gonna be uh the same guy? Same yeah, uh Godfather. Yeah. Um comma. Um
1: Which one was your favorite? Let's set back real quick. I think yeah. I like Karma the best.
0: I really Karma did. the supreme fighting machine. Yeah. He wasn't bad. Um, he looked believable. He looked like a bad dude. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't mind that character. Um, I also uh, I would I, I mean um, who doesn't like the Godfather? If you yeah. don't like the Godfather with the Ho train and all, you're know, like you're even the, the Good Father wrong. cracked me up too. The Good Father made sense. People were like, "Oh, that's terrible. That's stupid." I was like, "Okay, but like." It isn't. It is. How Father Ho train ran its course, and this yeah. right to censor thing is like all about getting rid of lewd, you know, disgusting, you know, things that are a part of WWF and a part of wrestling in general. It would make sense that they brainwashed the pimp to become a, 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 a cleaner person. Yeah, you know Val I mean? Venus and, and yeah, and Val. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it totally made sense. Yeah. People were like, "Oh, this is stupid. This is terrible." Like, no, it's it's it was great. At the end of the day, guess what? Do you know who the real winners? Right to censor, because now we have a PG product in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, Papa Shango was slated to come back in nineteen ninety seven. As a matter of fact, I um, um I believe Godfather told this story on like a table for three or something. He, they, they 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 redid his look a little bit. He didn't have like the top hat. Um but they kind of like tried to modernize at that time, like a, a, a different version of, of Papa Shango face paint was very similar. Um, but um, the day that they took the pictures of him, the promotional shots, they changed their mind at the last minute. They were like, we're not going to go with this. And then that's when they put him in the Nation of Domination. To join up with Farouk and I believe D'Lo Brown, and then eventually, I forgot about yeah. That, so he would eventually join the Nation. Um, so yeah, so Papa Shango was slated to return in 1997. There's even pictures of it out there. If you Google it, um, you'll find it. It was actually a it was actually a, a cooler look, and it kind of went with the time, you know, in 1997. His look um, as Papa Shango, but that would have been interesting. I would imagine they probably would have paired him up with Undertaker. Um, um, you know, because they got to throw all the, the 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 spooky characters at Undertaker. Undertaker's got to be the one to kill off all the other fucking yes. ghouls and goblins. The Papa
1: Shango and Undertaker never did face, did they?
0: They never really had a thing. I know that they were. I, don't... I know that they they did tag matches because they used to advertise tag matches with like Undertaker and Ultimate Warrior against like Papa Shango and Kamala, um, or. I remember seeing pictures once of like Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior, and the Big Boss Man against like Nails, Papa Shango, and the Berserker, or something like that, or Kamala. Um, but yeah, Undertaker and Papa Shango never really had like a a a strong rivalry. Um, what do you think of Umaga? My guy, I loved Umaga. I did too. I, I loved liked Umaga a lot. The Samoan bulldozer.
1: The, the, one of the few times that you agreed, John Cena go uh, that goes over uh, that that that. that uh, I didn't have a problem with it either. That uh no, that makes perfect sense. Have like this, uh, the unstoppable like like heel versus like you know the everyone, the, uh, the, the, baby the baby face, face yeah. yeah. That was a good story. And the way
0: he beat him too in the first time, it was like it was like a they 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 treated it yeah, like he a beat the shit victory, out Yeah, like he beat the shit victory. out of Cena, yeah. And at the end he fucking he beats him up, but then they had the second match, which was the last man standing match at the Royal Rumble in two thousand seven, and Cena chokes him out with the rope. Yeah. And it was like, okay, like but to me, like it didn't cool it did, like it didn't cool off Umaga. I felt like Umaga was still like a big force. Like me for some reason. I don't know what it was, but I thought they would—they would have gone Umaga, Undertaker. That would have made sense, you know. Yeah, but they, they never. Than Ashley. Did. But yeah, you thought you, you liked Umaga. I loved Umaga. Okay, um, here's someone that is one of the very few that went from being a masked wrestler to being a face painted wrestler. We didn't talk about him on our mask episode, and that's Abyss. What did you think of Abyss in I TNA? I knew did face paint. Remember towards the end of his oh, run TNA yeah, with Crazy the, um... Steve? And they were the tag champs and he got rid of the mask, yeah. but he wore the paint.
1: What was it? What was it The Decay. The, the the, the, yeah, oh, the, they were yeah. so good. Yeah, the, the Decay, the, yeah. I loved the Decay. Yeah, that was yeah, a bad team. Uh, well, here's the thing, to our credit. Who the hell thinks of TNA wrestling? You know what I mean? <laughs> well. That, uh... That, uh... And I would have, I I would have loved that, that 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 apparently, this is according to a best that WWE offered him a king's yes. ransom to, 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 to wrestle Undertaker, Undertaker at WrestleMania, and he turned it down.
0: Yeah, I've heard that story too. I guess he was offered a contract by Tommy Dreamer, and the original plan was have him come in and. Um, Take out an Undertaker, and they set them up for a match at WrestleMania 21. That was the year that Undertaker wrestled Orton for the first time. Um, and Abyss was supposed to have that spot, and I guess he committed verbally, but he never signed anything. And then he just kind of backed off, and then eventually went to um, went to stayed with TNA, and you know built a body of work. But I mean, think about it. Like, granted. Abyss was a talented guy. People looked at him as like a mankind ripoff because of the mask. And okay, fine, whatever. How many guys in the business have ripped off other people? Yeah, of course, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, give me a break. Everyone talks about demolition being an LOD ripoff, even though I didn't think that. I kind. of.
1: Yeah. Um, like you know he that that uh, you, you can you can say that's a ripoff of, uh, um, which uh, we call it uh, the the Notre Dame.
0: Uh, oh, the Hunchback.
1: Hunch- yeah, don't Dame. Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um. Anyhow, um, he never wrestled a match once in WWE. Never once. And now he's an agent behind the scenes, putting together matches with the guys in WWE. You
1: got to figure he t- he
0: has his hands in the uh, um, the firefighter funhouse. You got it. You just got to um, figure. I don't know if he got. I I, I heard. So I I heard that uh, that was John Cena, Bray Wyatt, and Bruce Pritchard. That were that pretty much put that one. I'm together. not talking
1: about that particular match. I'm talking about like in general. You oh, gotta maybe. figure. You gotta figure abyss that's in that Abyss is involved. Maybe.
0: I mean, I don't know if if he's in charge of putting together vignettes as well, but I know that like he's you know he helps put together matches and comes up with finishes and things like that. And, um, but yeah, to think that like he never wrestled once for them and they now have him working behind the scenes to help put matches together like it's a testament to his talent Um, like I said I felt like he probably could have had a decent run in WWE had he you know decided to leave and I think it would
1: have been a legend I really do I think it would have been his potential was that
0: great if he went to the, the WWE and I'll say this much one of the nicest guys I ever met I'll tell you a story quick story about him Um, many, many years ago, uh, I was friends with a group of friends and, uh, one of those friends was, uh, former TNA knockout Velvet Sky and we would go out bar hopping together. And one night she calls me and she says, um, she says, you live in Hartford or I said, I live near Hartford. And she goes, I'm with a few of the TNA guys and they're looking for some places to go. Would you like to come out with us? I was like, fuck, yeah. Absolutely. So, I meet them in downtown Hartford. And the story was, was that, um, this was when, this was in the fall of 2006. TNA was looking to, they they were toying with the idea of starting to do house shows. And they were scheduled to run a show at the Oakdale in Wallingford. And, apparently the fire marshal told them that their setup was not up to code and they canceled the show there's two running theories one they either didn't sell enough tickets or two because they were running in connecticut that wwe managed to get them shut down for the night so they had nowhere to go so i meet them in hartford at Which is no longer a running facility, uh, Upper on the Rocks. And it's Abyss, Cowboy James Storm, Eric Young, Petey Williams, and Wildcat Chris Harris. Wow. Okay. And Abyss, well, he he introduced himself as Chris, obviously, didn't wear his mask out in public, obviously. Um, And one of the nicest guys i could have ever hung out with uh this was back in my days when i used to run wild and didn't have a care in the world when i when i drank quite a bit and we met at the salty dog saloon in downtown hartford and we shared a dog bowl it was like a margarita him and i and he was pretty wild but he was fun and he was like safe too um and very polite too like i said you know hey can i get you anything hey can i get you anything like he was just one of the nicest human beings that i had ever hung out with like just super nice you look at him you think he's this big intimidating monster he's the definition of like this big cuddly teddy bear and he was even like at the time i smoked cigarettes so we went outside to have a cigarette and he had smoked too as well and um I was asking them wrestling questions, and a lot of guys, when you talk wrestling with them outside of wrestling... They don't want to talk about work, you know, and I, I've learned to understand that over the years, um, that these guys don't want to talk about work. But, like, he was super cool about it, and he was like, so, you know, how long have you been watching? You've been a fan, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I used to watch it when it was this and blah, blah, blah. And um, Then he was showing me, um, he pulls up his shirt, and he shows me some of the scars from, like, the barbed wire match he had with Sabu, like, a year prior. And, and then he showed me pictures on his phone that they had taken, like, after the match with, like, the blood in his back even though he wore a shirt he was still scarred up and then he was like if you're ever he was from ohio and he was like if you're ever in the ohio area here give me a call and he like gives me the phone he gives he takes my phone and he t- he texts me or you see he, he puts my his name and number in my phone at the time and how, and he and he joked he was like um yeah if you call and text uh you know my mother might answer or something like that like mm-hmm. haha funny funny so then literally he goes yeah text me now so you know you know it's me so it was like i sent him a text like hey and he responded and he showed me the phone and that was the end of it but i never reached out to him ever sent you know ever since at that point and then I hung out with him I think one more time he worked an indie show and I was hanging out with Velvet Jamie and uh, she was at the time I believe she was with Shane Hurricane Helms and we were at a bar in Danbury Connecticut because she was on the same show that Abyss was and it was Abyss her me Shane Helms Ron Simmons super nice guy too and Sid Vicious because Sid was on the show and so yeah but once again Abyss one of the nicest guys I'd ever met um when it came to wrestling let's let, let's move on I've got a few more here and then we're gonna wrap this up um Crush what did you think of Crush face forget about wrestler? Crush in the, the singles role not in Demolition but in the singles role yeah yeah that uh after he joined uh, Mr. Fuji's group
1: that was in. I like Crush that 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 uh but he's another guy that he didn't need face paint. Yeah, he, he didn't need it. You're right. That that uh, I I actually it was funny that you that that that, that uh, when you say Crush, I instantly don't. Th- did he wrestle without face paint? That, that he had to. I so, associate you
0: without face paint. Okay, so he he was Demolition Crush yep. with Accent Smash, and then when they got rid of Demolition, um, they repackaged him. They brought him in as a baby face. He did not wear face paint. He wore, like, yellow and orange and purple. And he wrestled doink at that WrestleMania. No face paint. You know what I mean? He looked like a big can of uh, Fanta soda. Um, And then he was a baby face for a while, for about a year. And then they did the injury angle where Yokozuna took him out. And he blamed Randy Savage for not helping him. And then that was when he turned on Savage and joined Fuji. And he kind of did, like... It was almost like a road warrior ripoff for a little while and he wore some paint but I'm I'm with you there I think he had a good enough look that he didn't need face paint can we talk about something real quick yeah I mean mean to die talking to,
1: to another wrestling fan about this okay is it to my understanding okay that faithful of raw Yokozuna versus Randy Savage if Randy Savage would have beat Yokozuna for the title that day, would it, uh, WrestleMania wouldn't it have been Crush
0: versus Randy Savage for the title? I remember, I remember that Raw in particular. So yes.
1: So why believe- the fuck did he interfere?
0: Or wait a minute! No, no, I no, so was screaming up my TV. So this was like in the winter of like '94, right? This was like after it was, the, it was, this it was like the after raw, the Royal Rumble. It right? was the raw. I want to say it was the raw right before WrestleMania. Okay, so so it was so originally that WrestleMania was scheduled to be Savage and Crush. Yep. And then that was when they had like the. the, So that was the year they did the finish with Luger and Brett landing at the same time. They did the coin toss. Luger won the coin toss, which meant he got the first shot at the title. Brett would wrestle Owen first. So that either way, once you got to the end of the night for the championship, both guys had wrestled twice to make it fair. So they had booked a match on Raw, uh, Savage and Yoko for the belt. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe you are correct in that if Savage won, he was going to... Fight Crush, right? Fight Crush and defend the title at Then wrestling. it would have
1: Brett versus Luger, right? Well, then, no. Then them bre- two bre- would, bre- would have fought the winner of Savage, Crush, right?
0: Well, here's the other thing, too, that was weird about this, right? About, about the, the, the thing with Crush in particular. So when they did the coin toss with Brett and Luger, if Brett won the coin toss, Luger would have had to have faced Crush first before he got the title shot. And they had already done the angle with Savage. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, yeah. I remember that in, in particular. Did the coin toss, Jack Tunney, all the guys out there in the suits. Vince is in the ring. They flipped a coin. And, and before they flipped the coin, they made it clear. If Brett wins, he's going to wrestle... For the title first. If Luger wins, he wrestles. If Brett wins, he wrestles for the title first. And Luger will wrestle Crush. If Luger wins, he wrestles Yoko. Brett wrestles Owen. That's how they did it. So when it came time for Savage to get the title shot at Yoko on that particular Raw. Either they went with the idea that if Savage won, he wrestled Crush at that WrestleMania. Or... Savage would wrestle you know what I, I, part of me has a feeling that Savage was supposed to wrestle if Savage won the title they came up with the stipulation that he was going to wrestle Luger first and the winner faces is Brett
1: okay I was not don the impression that that would have been crush and that it would have been would have been you know what I would have matched than... been crush and then it would have been Luger versus Brett. And And
0: Yoko and Owen are left out in the dust? Yeah. Okay, see, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. Even though it sounds plausible that if Savage won the title on that Raw, that he would face Crush at that WrestleMania. And I'll have to go back and fact check. Okay? I just remember screaming at the TV going, You
1: fucking idiot, why?
0: I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like that they had already booked Brett and Owen, okay, for that WrestleMania, they had already booked Savage and Crush because they had a beef for months. Yeah. Okay? And I feel like Crush helped Yoko win to save the title because Crush was part of that group. He was with Fuji, Cornette, Yoko. They were like a, a little faction, stable, if you will. Um, and it didn't matter that Crush would have you know, face savage yeah, because right. it wasn't I could be wrong. You know, I'm gonna you know, I'll look this up later and then we'll 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 reconvene and talk about that on next week's show um as we're watching Halloween Havoc. Uh let's go to another face painted wrestler here. I didn't have much uh m- much exposure to him, but um he uh he, he was a big name in Florida and then in Texas. Um the great kabuki. Yeah, Managed by Gary Hart. That, uh... I believe he was I didn't much
1: p- to him either, oh, really? but, uh... That, uh... That, uh... He had a good look.
0: He was the... Un- I be- and uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was either the uncle or the father of the great Muda on TV. Okay. When I they think you're right. Muda. Could yeah. be wrong. Alright. What did you think of the kiss demon? I oh, he sucked. Yeah?
1: That, that uh... Yeah, that that was was okay, I guess. I thought it was that, horrible that, uh, too. But, uh... Guy couldn't wrestle. and That, uh... And, and, and am I wrong where, where And you know better than me I, I, I thought I heard that one uh, that KISS the band made it if, if you're gonna have a wrestler uh, that gimmick us he has to it's in the contract though he has to main event a
0: pay-per-view yeah so here's the story on that and I just heard something about that recently so <clears throat> Eric Bischoff when he was president of WCW, was looking to obviously um, try to um, push the brand out there more to different audiences. And the deal that he was trying to make was, so he had met with Gene Simmons, and they talked about branding the KISS team. Because Gene Simmons, you know, I'm not a big KISS fan, But Gene Simmons knows how to brand KISS. Like, there was KISS merchandise for everything. There was KISS credit cards, you know what I mean? Like, he knew how to brand it, and he has made millions, if not billions, off of KISS. Um, And so, Bischoff is trying to tap into that audience, that music audience, but, you know, KISS for wrestling. And so, you are right. It was part of the deal if you're going to make a wrestler with our trademark, he has to be advertised in, I believe it was like one or two pay-per-view main events. So he wrestled a match, I want to say it was at a Super Brawl. And I forget who he wrestled, um, but he he, he was part of um, what they advertised as a triple main event. He didn't. He didn't close the show in the match, but they advertised his match as a main event match. It was like the Kiss Demon versus I fucking forget who. I don't even remember who it was to be honest with you. But they advertised it as as, as um. Let me look this shit up right now. Um, Kiss Demon. That's what I was thinking when I heard that. I'm like. What the
1: hell did he wrestle in at a in, in a, in a, in a pay-per-view main event? Where did he ever go for the title?
0: Yeah, he um cuz he debuted on like a, like a Nitro when Kiss Yeah, they cl- he closed it out. And they closed out the Nitro yeah. and then he came out at the end and that was like the big reveal and that was going to start everything. Um God damn, what did he who did he Oh, he he wrestled the Wall at Super Brawl. Remember the wall? I don't. He and I was like no the idea. bodyguard for like the Berlin character. He had like the the, 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 the bleach blonde. The, hair the, Berl- with the, the Berlin acid. was Alex Ryder, right? Correct. Okay. So they had the so they advertised the match with the wall and the KISS team as a main event match. That's what they said. It was like this is one of our main events here at Super Brawl and that was the match between the two of them. Right. Um didn't really care for the character thought it was stupid i wasn't a big kiss fan um i like some of other songs but you know I wasn't i saw them in concert a couple of times they weren't bad but anyhow um the other part of that deal too and this was interesting was that and this was bischoff was trying to work work this they wanted to do a um a pay-per-view on New Year's Eve in 1999. You remember the big Y2K controversy, yeah, of course, like yeah. when you know it's, the clock strikes midnight, the world's gonna come to an end. Everything, you know, it's gonna shut off, right?
1: I'll point anybody if that that uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, NBC did a movie uh, about Y2K. It was by far, in my opinion, the best made-for-TV um, made for, made for TV movie of all time. Best subject for a made-for-TV movie. It was just so good. My favorite scene was, there was an ATM, and it just started spewing out money. Yeah. And I'm really like, oh, man, I, would have been so, I wish I was that fucking That's guy. That's what everyone thought but was anyway, going to yes, happen. Lights yes. were
0: going to go out, yep. and ATMs are <laughs> going to shoot money out. Everyone was preparing, buying water and toilet paper You thought it was a fucking pandemic. <laughs> Anyhow, um the deal was was Bischoff was trying to get Kiss to perform. They wanted to do a concert-slash-pay-per-view on New Year's Eve, I think from, like, the Rose Bowl in California or something. And so that, like, the ring was going to be in the middle of the field. They obviously wanted a full stadium. And then on one end, the wrestlers were going to come out. And on the other end, you would have had a stage for the band to play. And in between each match, Kiss would play a song. And so... The the idea behind the pay-per-view was to incorporate the finish with the Y2K controversy. So the main event would be Joe Blow versus whoever. Bischoff didn't have you know any recollection of who was gonna be in the main event. And he was going to time it out perfectly to the point where when the guy goes for the when the referee goes to make the jury count, one, two, and as the clock strikes midnight, the screen goes black. And they were gonna try and incorporate the finish to Y2K striking at midnight and the world coming to an end. That was the idea. And Kiss was gonna be a part of all of that just performing on that pay-per-view. That would not have gone over well. That would have been, that, that, that would have been interesting. I mean, I in theory, I like it. Take the Sopranos. That's the did Sopranos not, finish. That, did not go that would over. have been the Sopranos finish. So the Sopranos would have taken that from WCW <laughs> if WCW did that. No not gone over go well. It, the, the Sopranos finish didn't go over well, so in hindsight, it, it's good that they didn't go that route. Well. I believe when Bischoff got sent home in September of ninety nine, they 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 did away with that whole you know that whole idea about the pay per view on I New Year's Eve. I think it would have been kind of cool though to have a pay per view on New Year's Eve.
1: Yeah. Was, was, was New was New Year's Eve on a Sunday that year?
0: Is that why. No, I'm not sure to be honest with you, but it doesn't I, really matter. Why... I think they. I think I. And I also think too because it wasn't on a Sunday and it was on a, like a night during the week yeah. that they felt like it would have been successful because people were going to be home on New Year's. But most people don't go home. I mean, most people go out on New Year's evening. Yeah, I, I, I don't anymore, but you know, I did, you know, all throughout my twenties. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, I, I feel like that was also another point of contention as to why people should watch the pay-per-view because it wasn't on a Sunday. All right. Uh, we got two more and then we're going to uh, wrap it up with a question here. Um, you thought Hakushi was terrible. What about the Gorillas of Destiny? Someone current in New Japan. What do you think of their face paint look? I, lo- I actually love them. I don't
1: associate them with face paint. but I, they I do paint from time to time. I uh, bet they did. It, 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 but I love the Gorilla of d- Destiny. Okay. I, I absolutely love them.
0: Alright, uh, last question. In today's wrestling, who do you think would look cool with face paint?
1: Alright. That, uh... Then, uh... You know who look cool face paint Roman Marines, I think he'll look cool face paint. Okay. Um. Um. I'm trying to think who else. Uh. I know War Machine. I, I always call him War Machine. Um. But uh. Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders. That uh, they, they kind of. I mean, they, they wear they a little paint, bit, yeah. but they could go full out. They could do a better job. Yeah. Um. Viking Raiders. Um. You, you, you know we should wear more, uh, a little bit. Just especially, I like to see Asuka heal, wear more more makeup and have her always like you know with those Japanese like, like horror films. Okay. I would have her have that look. Yeah, Just to give her more look, like even, even more of like a terrible look. Yeah. yeah,
0: with the paint. Okay,
1: that uh, see her, that um, I know Kairi Singh is going back to Japan. Have her like you know pirate her up, you know, yeah. face paint. That, uh... I'm trying to think of was. Um... You know what got be kind of cool with face paint? Tommaso Ciampa. I, I think
0: that would give him an edgier look. With the beard, the yeah. big beard, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I can get behind that. Um... Anyone else? That's it. That's I mean, really comes. Maybe, to my, anybody from AEW that you noticed that like you think like could you know use some face paint or that you know look cool to their presentation.
1: Um, we mentioned, Abaddon, I love her. Um, Dustin Rhodes already
0: wears face paint. Yeah, Dusty.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, um, maybe. Um, I'm not a big fan of her work, but uh, Nyla Rose, maybe. Okay. Then I just have her more intimidating. Um, who else We got there uh, um, You know Yeah of
0: course Jungle Boy Why does, why does the Jungle Boy Wear face? That's paint? not a bad idea yeah, But you know what though He's a good looking kid He's the son of Luke Perry From Beverly Hills 90210 Is that right Yeah I never knew You didn't that. know that No Yeah Jack Perry I still see it now Yeah If you look carefully
1: Yeah And I, I normally I hate Marco Stunt But I do love Jungle Boy yeah. I loved oh Jungle
0: God. Boy and Luchasaurus remind me a lot of when X-Pac and Kane tagged and for,
1: up. And for fuck's sake, you know, put the titles on those motherfuckers.
0: Yeah, who knows. By the time this drops, maybe they'll already have, have yeah. had the belts. But, um, yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. Jungle Boy with face paint. I can get behind that. I can, I, I can get behind that. Um... <sighs> if there's anyone that comes to mind that I think could wear face paint in today's wrestling um whether it's WWE AEW um no I mean I don't really I mean Gallows and Anderson Gallows sometimes wears face paint um maybe Eric Young in Impact that'd be a good one um Donning some face paint, I, I could I could get behind that.
1: Um, I'm so mad at myself. Uh, Sue Young, I love her so much.
0: Sue Young it, from uh,
1: uh, TNA. Uh, oh, right impact. Back. Okay, yeah, that, that her she got that zombie. Uh, yeah, character. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Undead bride.
0: Okay, it's so good. You know who I think would look cool with face paint? It might not be a regular thing, but I think that she could make it work as Nia Jax. Yeah, definitely. know she's a big intimidating person i I think she could probably make some face paint work and even if it was you know because she's samoan if she kind of incorporated that like samoan like tribe tribal you know face paint and i think
1: majority of our our listening audience would agree that uh she's a very stale character That, that anything anything to make her more exciting
0: yeah i think she needs a little you know a little extra something behind her but um all right, I think I, I think we've kind of covered it. Uh, I think we've uh, we, we've done good when it comes to uh, face pain wrestlers, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, thank you, my friend. Oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, next week um, we are going to go back in time to 1991 and watch one of the worst pay per views in wrestling history.
1: But it's been, it's so bad it's great.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Halloween Havoc 1991, the Chamber of Horrors match. We're going to watch a wrestler get electrocuted. We're also going to watch Lex Luger take on Ron Simmons for the WCW World Heavyweight title in the two out of three falls match. We're going to see the WCW Phantom in action. Um, yeah, we're going to see a lot of crap. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um... And I think it's about that time that we officially put this show down for the three count. All the broad strokes have been painted and covered when it comes to face-painted wrestlers in pro wrestling history. And we will see you all next week.